With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of the True Blue LA podcast. It's not our normal episode this week. Uh, Jacob and I did not record. This is uh, Eric Steven talking to you. Uh, but I did get a chance to speak with John Wiseman about his um, new edition of uh, a book that uh, first came out in 2009, then again in 2013. Now he has a, a new edition of 100 Things Dodgers Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die, updated with the fact that the Dodgers won the World Series and uh, so many things that have happened in the last eight years. Um, it's uh, It was a fun interview talking to John. I uh, hope you get to enjoy it here. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back with a regular episode later this week. Thanks for listening. Hi, John. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it sure has. Um, just for a formal introduction, I'm not sure who's here yet, but we're going to put this out as audio as well. Um, this is Eric Steven with uh, True Blue LA uh, talking with uh, John Wiseman, uh, his new book, uh, or his old book, his new old book, uh, <laughs> 100 Things Dodgers Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die. It's been updated uh, since the Dodgers uh, won the World Series and did a whole bunch of things since the last time it was out. Um, yeah, so uh, let, let's talk about it. Um, first of all, I guess, at, how long was the process in terms of like um, either deciding to update the book or like from the point you started updating the book to like finishing? Because I know 
obviously a lot of it is driven by the fact that they won the World Series, but there's also a lot more new stuff in there. What, how, how, how was that process for you? Uh, extremely short. Yeah. Uh, I believe the Dodgers won on a, on a Saturday? No, Tuesday. Right? Tuesday. On a Tuesday? Okay. Yeah. I was going to say the next business day, but the next morning uh, I got an email from Triumph asking if I wanted to do this. And um, there was about a week spent figuring out uh, what, I mean, the answer was yes, but there was about a week spent maybe figuring out what I was going to get paid, but which, you know, is never very much, but that's not really the point. Um, And that was in October, obviously, late, late October. And uh, they originally were going to give me a month. Uh, and I said, even by my standards, that sounds dicey. So I got till December 31st. So I got two months. Um, and so it was a super fast process at figuring out, uh, I mean, in, in one sense, it's not hard to figure out what you need to add, but the problem is, is that the eight years that were, that needed to be covered were so overflowing with, um, history and, I mean, recent history, but still history and important events and important players. And, uh, you know, there's a title in the book that pretty much limits what you can do. (laughs) Um, So I had to really figure out how I was going to fit all that stuff in without gutting the book. And I, you know, I definitely cheated um, by turning more chapters into sidebars um, so that, I don't even know how many sidebars there are now, but I think there might be like, I mean, there might even be 75. Like I don't even know anymore, but I remember I got to a point, there's definitely at least 50 where I was over, I was past the point of being able to say, okay, every other chapter I'll have a sidebar. Like I went, I, I zoomed past that. And I also want needed to update some stuff that wasn't so recent. For example, I had really felt I'd shortchanged Jaime Harin by not giving him a full chapter. Um, and so I, so I definitely, I carved one out for him. So that was another spot where I had to figure out a place and they, you know, they wanted me to update. It's, you know, a hundred things to know and do. And, uh, I couldn't just sit on my, but as far as the to-do stuff, I had to figure out some changes there. And that was, I feel like that's, you know, the most limited part of the book because there's only so many different things I think you can do that are relevant. I mean, like I could tell you to go tailgate at a Dodger game, but that's not really something I'm going to write a chapter about, <laughs> um, especially when it's not really tolerated there. Yeah. Um, so... It was just a huge juggling act, and it was a, just a real sprint to get every to figure that out, and then get everything written by the end of the year. Now, the the original book, the, the original book came out in two thousand nine, correct? Yes. And then was, there was an was there an update in two thousand thirteen? An update oh. that came out in two thousand, literally on on opening day two thousand thirteen. So it was covered everything through two thousand twelve. Okay, so like you mentioned this, I think in the introduction, but. You know, you have, you know, 2009, obviously you write, and there's a there's a chapter about, like, Wes Parker and the only cycle, and then Orlando Hudson in the first home game hits a cycle. Right. And then in 2013, uh, I mean, well, it's funny because, you know, 
even in that version, Clayton Kershaw had one one Cy Young, but still was pretty clearly like establishing himself, but not to the point where he needed a chapter in the book. And obviously, he has he takes prominent place in this one, but because there's obviously been so many years. But like, yeah, just it's it's remarkable how much stuff has happened in the last eight years. I mean, it's just crazy. Well, like, it's really the richest eight years in LA Dodger history. I mean, not necessarily the most successful if you judge it by World Series titles, because um, they have one, not two or three. Yeah, um, like the '60s had. But I would say in terms of overall content, excuse the recency bias, but I, I think if you, if you go 1950, I mean, 1958 to 1966 is obviously, I mean, that's, that may be more, a more significant period. And I certainly got that covered in a number of different ways. Um, but um, like I, I basically shoehorned, 2013 to 2019 into one chapter in terms of, you know, covering the division titles, one very long chapter. I mean, I break out the players, I break out Justin Turner, I break out Cody Bellinger, I even break out Dave Roberts. Um, But um, whereas the 60s, 63 got its own chapter, you know, 66 got its own, because those were World Series years, I'm sorry, 65 got its own chapter. And 66, essentially, because that was the year Koufax retired, that gets covered there. Um, It was just, I mean, I don't even know what to say about how much there is to talk about over the past eight years. Um, So, yeah. um, And Kershaw, my God. I mean, you know. Yeah. How, uh, so I, I still have the old book and. So I'll tell you a story first. Uh, when I ordered this fairly soon after you sort of teased that it was coming out, I think I pre-ordered it. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, something happened. This was like the first week of June when I when I received it. I think I, I got the thing from, I think Amazon had said you, we delivered it to your mailbox on, on uh, what I think whatever, it was a Thursday. And for whatever reason, I was busy, and I, I maybe I was covering games that weekend. I don't remember, but I didn't check my the mailbox at my apartment. It's not like on the way to my car, so like sometimes it's it's not always a daily thing. So anyway, long story short, Monday morning I go out to check mail, and the my mailbox is open, and like you know, which is weird. And then like there's hardly anything in it, and certainly no books. So. Uh, I had to like get a new like mailbox key and like the, <laughs> they, I filed like my apartment complex wanted me to file a police report which I did thankfully I just did online and they didn't have to like come out because I was like really because the only thing I knew that was missing was your book and it's like no, I, what am I going to do like you know they're not going to they're not going to do anything but I just for for recording purposes I filed a police report so I reordered it so I got it and then I. I my plan was to read the whole thing. I had obviously read the previous incarnation of the book, but just due to time constraints, I read the new chapters, or at least what what seemed to be new. I'm sure there were some revisions in some chapters where I was like, I, I probably didn't read all of that. I'll, I'll go back yeah. eventually and read them. So I was lining up uh, this morning sort of the, you know, the table of contents and trying to figure out, like, what's new, what was sort of moved around. And obviously there's a lot. 
did I, I don't know if this is right. I think I counted, is it 12 new chapters? That's about right. Yeah. yeah. 12 completely new chapters. I definitely revise throughout the book. There's, I, there's probably like 20 out of a hundred that weren't touched at all or something like that. Oh, wow. Um, now I, I, I'm being a little loose with that. I may have only changed half a sentence in one chapter or something, but I mean, I definitely revised a significant amount. Um, certainly for example, Vin Scully's chapter I had, I added to because he retired, uh, since the last edition. So, um, I, I included his, uh, epilogue at, you know, he, he did the spoken verse thing at, to, to sign off on his last broadcast. Um, I, I, I think I did some touch-ups on Jackie's chapter, just to, which is chapter one, just to kind of, I don't know, modern. We have a little more perspective, I think, even now than we had when I first came out with it. Um, but yeah, 12, I think, I think in terms of pure new chapters, there's about a dozen, yeah. So the I, the first of those uh, in order, like in in order, I believe. I think you put this in there that essentially it's it's not a perfect order, but no. the more important <laughs> stuff is at the top, right? Like um, in terms of the list of a hundred. Um, yeah, I would I would say so. Um, I didn't really want to disrupt the order throughout. Like I didn't want to start yeah. doing Django with it. Um, but I knew the beginning chapters would kind of be scrutinized. And um, I did, I mean, some things like, I think the biggest, one of the biggest ones was like, I had a chapter on Manny Ramirez in the last edition. You know, Manny was a huge deal. The book came out in 2009. Yeah. Right. Um, That's now chapter 97. I mean, I don't think Manny looms large at all. I don't think you, for any fan who's, you know, more or less alive today. I don't think you can pretend that I don't think you'd want to pretend that the Manny era didn't happen or wasn't kind of crazy, but um, both Manny and Puig are in the, in the back 10 chapters because I just feel like as more, the more time passes, the most more of those players, especially Manny will seem like blips on the radar. Um, the reverse of that was Mookie Betts. Mookie's clearly going to be around for a long time, and at some point, if I'm lucky enough to have a fourth edition, he'll almost certainly have his own chapter. But it was hard for me to give him his own chapter when he played 70 games as a Dodger, you know, 70 right, of the right. most significant games any Dodger could play. But, you know, not even, a, you know, he played three months. So I really, I, for now, he had a sidebar in a chapter about 2020, that is chapter five, which I con- did consciously put ahead of, I put 2020 ahead of 1988, really because of that sort of common level of fatigue I think people have with 1988. Yeah, it, it was like, almost became a, a burden at some point, even when they were like celebrating it the last few years. <laughs> You know, you're like, you couldn't mention that without, oh, by the way, that's the last time they won, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, can, uh, I, the, the one, do you mind if I read like just a couple sentences from the Mookie uh, sidebar? Sure. Just because yes. I thought this was, you know, obviously important. Uh, you were, you're talking about hit, like just the trade from the Red Sox to the Dodgers. And this is, I'm quoting you here. Um, Betts was the Red Sox's Kershaw. He was their Kobe. He's the guy you ride or die with for his entire career. Put it this way, it probably made less sense for Boston to trade their 5'9 Dynamo to Los Angeles 
than it did for the Dodgers to trade Pedro Martinez to Montreal. Betts is someone you pull out all the stops to keep until he guarantees wearing your cap to Cooperstown. Like, that's as succinct uh, uh, like a, a summary of that as I've ever read. And, like, it's it seems, like, perfect to me. I don't know. It, it just hit. Like, it really, like, it didn't, like, stop me cold, but I was like, wow, okay, yeah, that, that, that really puts it into, like, a light that that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, yeah. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, that kind of, the stuff that I feel in my bones is pretty easy to write. <laughs> right. Sense. You know, um, I, I, I think there are people actually complaining already this year that like the Dodgers should have kept Verdugo or something. Like I've heard I, my followers aren't saying that, but I've, I've seen other people, like Twitter scuttlebutt about that. And I just was like, and this is nothing against Alex Verdugo um, who may, who is, who is having a fine season as far as I can tell. But like number one, from the Dodgers perspective, you know, they don't win the world series with Alex Verdugo in right field last year. And number two, from the Red Sox perspective, I mean, more power to them. If Alex Verdugo goes on and has like a 2000 hit career, with them and plays it, you know, is basically, I mean, I don't follow the Red Sox closely, uh, you know, but he, he might be the best position player on their team. Right. I mean, yeah, I think so. So great. I'm glad they got value. They should get value for Mookie Betts and Jeter Downs may go on to have a career himself, but that doesn't mean uh, trading bets is anything less than just like a, a community wide, I don't know. Disaster. Failure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, but you could just see like how, and I know like fans generally are like de- emotional about it, but like everyone knew from the jump, like that was a bad deal. Like even just, you could, they just felt it right. Like that's how it, it was a gut punch. I think more than anything. Cause it yeah. signified like, you know, they're one of the, there's probably like what, four to five maybe franchises in the sport that are not immune to like, uh, you know, financial uh, limits or whatever, but like those teams, like you shouldn't hear about those teams like pinching pennies. And that's essentially what it kind of boiled down to. Right. Um, For sure. Oops. Um, I'm going to mute myself for one second. Yep. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'll just add, um, with Mookie, 
uh, I'm back. You see by that the way. this year? Oh, sorry, sorry, we still oh, have yeah, a landline, believe it or not. So, huh. well, I mean, yeah, that's. I think you, but you have a house, though, right? Like, so yeah. I think yeah. that's that seems normal for like people with a house. Like, well, I don't know how other people get their spam risk calls, but we get them through our landline. Primarily. Yeah, I, I I get them on my cell phone, but they're they're AT and T or whatever has gotten seem to be, have gotten better about like identifying spam at least. First <laughs> yeah. shows up as spam risk in the in the call. Um, I, just about Mookie, like you, we've seen it this year, right? Like, like it seems like most of the last, most of the first like three months have been about man, Mookie's really struggling, <laughs> and he, we're we're sitting here. I mean, just very crudely. His OPS plus is 129. His career OPS plus is 134. And I feel like that's what you're, you pay for is the, the floor being so high. Like, whereas where he can have a quote unquote bad year and still be like excellent. And like, and I mean, yeah. obviously the, you'd want him to still, you know, have like a 150 something OPS or, or plus or whatever, but like, you know, it's not going to happen every year. And like, I, I, I don't know. It just feels um, weird. I think the trade to me, it felt more precarious as we were going through last year before it was like guaranteed that they were going to have an MLB season because there was right. this like, there's always the perception that it, it's, it's false, but like people assumed that the Dodgers never went all in on, you know, certain years, even though they had, multiple times they traded for like the best available player, like it, it had trade deadlines and things like that. But so they, but they finally went really all in uh, with getting Mookie bets. And then it, it came to a point where they, you know, there was a reasonable chance that there wasn't going to be a season last year. Like, <laughs> And to have that and like to trade for a, a zero season and then have him leave as a free agent would have been a, like an absolute disaster. <laughs> but like, right. I, I wonder like, so there was that balancing act, uh, like throughout, but like the fact that he signed like before opening day, before he even played a game with the Dodgers, like it sort of mitigated that worry, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think on April 1st when, when, or whenever opening day was supposed to be, I don't think Mookie had signed the extension yet. Yeah. And so when opening day gets canceled or we knew it was canceled, um, there's absolutely the fear that he won't even play a game for the Dodgers. Right. Um, as soon as the extension signed, I was, you know, at least, I mean, you could even write off the season and I'll, you know, I'll cop to being someone who didn't really feel necessarily that the, that the season should be played. I mean, I wasn't, I, I went on record as saying it probably wasn't a good idea and, you know, I'll, I'll own that, but it seemed like a pretty bad idea to me. Um, I think the other thing is that, you know, we mentioned Pedro or I mentioned Pedro in that, I think in that, uh, paragraph but the other one is piazza who and this is dating back to earlier editions of the book but i think i wrote about piazza that with him the dodgers got the war and not the peace um and he's someone who they traded you know in his prime because of well not only because of money but also because of tv network desires um and it shouldn't have happened but and it's not and it's not that the Dodgers didn't get value for him. They got an incredible hitter for him. Um, but I have trouble thinking that trading Piazza is worse than trading Betts. Mm, yeah, yeah, I, that's a 
that's up there. I mean, it's a good point. But like, yeah, I, I'm thinking that I was uh, talking to someone about this recently. I don't remember when, like the, within the last couple of weeks and about Piazza's number still not being retired uh, by the Dodgers because they they haven't sort of patched up their differences yet. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that's going to be something that's going to take a little time. I think eventually it'll happen. But um, it's just weird how the, the rift is still like open between them like, <laughs> like and yeah. i think there's a lot to sort of solve there i don't know like you know the exit was ugly but i mean at a certain point like you'd figure enough time will have passed but maybe not like who, who knows but it's gonna i think it'll take a lot from both sides to sort of patch that up but you'd think i don't know what and you know i was there i don't know what boulders have to move yeah uh for piazza to to have any interest in coming back. I mean, it's, I mean, there's basically no one left from that era. I mean, even if he was mad at Vin, Vin's gone. Right. Um, Let alone, I mean, Tommy's, uh, you know, Tommy's passed away. So I don't know what the impact of that is. Um, But I don't, you know, none of the people are still there uh, except Roger Owens. Right. Oh, I was going to ask about that. Was, um, uh, the peanuts chapter did that end up making it into a sidebar? I, I must have. I might have missed it if it did. Yeah, that was a casualty of um, me trying to condense because I mean I hated to do it because I think he's a really significant part of this team in Los Angeles. Um, but he didn't loom as large for me anymore. Um, it's funny. I think I saw, I think Tom Hofarth tweeted a picture of him working the other day. So he's still out there, I guess. But um, he was a true celebrity, you know, for a long time. I mean, he was on the tonight show with Johnny Carson. Uh, he was like a real guest, <laughs> the peanut guy at Dodger stadium. <laughs> and um, I just felt, um, I don't know. I had to, I had to, it was, I had to draw a line somewhere, you know, I just couldn't. So I kept him in the book. I mean, I, his chapters, the same length, like the sidebar is the same length. I mean, yeah, it's just disguised as a, as a, you know, it's not, there's so much there that he's probably like 105th on the list. Um, and it's tough. I mean, it's just tough. I, I'm not, not happy about it that's for sure yeah no i mean like you said you're you're constrained by the title right like yeah you, uh I, that's that's got to be tough like it look i i would i'd be remiss if i didn't spend you know several hours wondering why there aren't like five eddie murray chapters no I'm <laughs> yeah but uh no it, it's uh yeah it's that's a that's a tough task you know like and like you said yeah. just the last eight years alone have so many like things that um that are just, you know, worth, worth covering and mentioning, like, and yeah, you have to sort of do it. Um, like I actually looked at one point at the tables of contents for, you know, cause Triumph does this for every team in sports. And I looked at the tables of contents for the Rays and the Rockies just to see, you know, how much of an easier time they had. And I was just like, yeah, I mean, like there were chapters there that, you know, you could tell they're they're stretching to reach a hundred. 
Yeah. Uh, just to get n- nothing against them. Those teams are, you know, 30 years old. They're not, um, and not overwhelmingly successful. I mean, though they've had success. Um, and just the idea that I'm under the same constraint as they are is pretty wild. Yeah. I, I'm still amazed at the, the, the timing of it. Like you're someone, you know, with a full-time job, um, who, you know, did this on the outs off hours of that. And then you like, you know, this is one of your two books. This is the third version of this book you written, you wrote uh, brothers in arms as well. <laughs> and this whole time, like you've had like full-time jobs and still done that. Like, I, I don't know how you find the time to be honest. Well, it's interesting. You know, I wrote, I've written a novel that no one knows. Well, no one outside of a hundred Dodger thoughts readers knows about. And, yeah. um, I'm trying to, it's been, I've just started the submission process for that. And I have no idea if it's going to get, I mean, I'm hope. I don't want to say it's a miracle that it will get published, but you know, these things, it's like trying to make the major leagues, you know? And, um, I wrote that over three years. Um, it took me six months to write the drafts of both hundred, the original drafts of hundred things and to write brothers in arms. Um, when this, when you aren't making this stuff up, it goes a lot quicker. Yeah. <laughs> when you only have to figure out how to say what already happened. And so the writing of the novel, which I was taking the, t- it, the end of the world series timed out well for me, as far as like being able to put the novel aside and work on this. And I was already kind of in a writing frame of mind. Um, it's not. And I just was like, it was, I really treated it kind of like a sprint. Like I've got to, you know, I had to read the book over again, you know, start to finish every word multiple times for just to revise the existing stuff. And then, cause again, I wasn't really cutting a whole lot. Um, I was cutting here and there, but I was mostly just converting things to sidebars um, and then add the 12 new chapters. Some of which were extremely, some of which are the longest chapters in the book, you know? Um, yeah. So, I mean, even Justin Turner's chapter, and you'd think that would be pretty basic. The guy's been here for eight years. Um, he's great, He's but he's not Babe Ruth. So, you know, you'd think it's pretty straightforward, but I think that chapter ended up being several pages and just to try to tell his story. And um, it does, it takes time, but... Um, you know, I'm not doing Dodger thoughts right now. So that's probably where the time, I mean, comes out of. That's a good point. You, um, for the brothers in arms, did that six months include, um, like your interviews for that book as well? Yeah, it was, it was six months from the deal to, well, let me take that back. No, uh, I started, I remember I started the interviews in November, right after the season ended in 2015. And then, yeah, so I, I, I actually, I don't think it does include the interviews. I think I started writing in February, right after I left the Dodgers for Showtime and then wrote till July for the most part, um, waited till finished the Kershaw and Jansen parts to see um, 
you know, to include their World Series stuff. And of course, I thought I really thought I was going to get the same email that I got in 2020. I, I was pr- I was feeling pretty good that I would have two books coming out in 2018 because I thought the Dodgers were going to win that World Series, and I'm still shocked they didn't. Yeah, uh, for obvious reasons. So um, I, I was hoping for that, uh, and I hope to do a revision of the Brothers in Arms book someday. You know that. Uh, that gives more perspective on Kershaw and then maybe, you know, we'll see which of the current pitchers gets, um, you know, earns their way in. Yeah. Um, just going back in time a little bit, the, the last edition of the hundred things book, um, 2013. Now this, this one obviously has a full chapter on Kenley Jansen and rightfully so given what he's done, but just to give you an idea of the timeline, uh, at the beginning of the 2013 season, uh, Brandon League was the closer for <laughs> basically like the first two months. Jansen had a couple saves, I think, or uh, yeah, like two saves in the first two months, just off offhand, like when League was unavailable or whatever. But like he didn't. There was one of those annual things, and you you mentioned this in his chapter, but how how he was he wasn't quite the closer at the beginning of every season, but then he ultimately became the closer, and then he just sort of never let go at a certain point. But uh, that's, it's such a long time ago. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. Um, no, I find it astonishing. Uh, I don't know. What to, I don't want to repeat myself, but um, you know, that the McCourt sold the quote unquote sold the team the year I was writing the second edition. That's how long ago it was. Wow. So like I had just this brand new thing on Guggenheim. They just started, they just made the trade for, I think, uh, Gonzalez and well, you know, the Nick Punto trade and, uh, and uh, you know, they had the season had ended the season that started with promise and ended, you know, kind of dead on its feet. There's really no momentum driving that second edition. It was just that was something that they had decided in advance they wanted to do. Um, it wasn't like this time around where they, you know, they contacted me in October. Like they had um, that they gave me an earlier deadline to get it out on April 1st, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this one, they get they didn't even contact me till the end of October. So that meant it didn't come out till this month. Um, and, uh, I mean, you know, you could, what, let's put it this way. You take what happened for the Dodgers between 1989 and 2012 and put it up against what happened to the Dodgers between, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Between 2009 and 2012. Yeah. And, uh, put it up against what happened between 2013 and 2000 to 2020. That's a very, those are two very different kinds of revisions. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like there, there could have, like you could have had a chapter about how they didn't, they couldn't close the deal on Prince Fielder or so whatever. <laughs> right. Like that's how long ago that was like, what a wild time. Yeah. Well, jo- uh, John, thanks so much uh, for taking the time to do this. Uh, we'll put this out, uh, I think, in our podcast feed as well. But um, and I- I'll drop links uh, into how people can order this book. But uh, where can people follow you online? 
Uh, Twitter at J O N W E I S M A N. And, uh, I think that's really the best place to go. I mean, I, I am posting at Dodger thoughts occasionally, but, uh, if you're following me on Twitter, you'll know when I do. Okay. Uh, thanks so much, John. Uh, hope you're having a good weekend and, uh, we'll talk to you later. Thanks, Eric. I really appreciate it.